This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 95 of Horsemanship Radio, brought to you by Omega Fields, the world's best omega-3 supplements for horses. Horsemanship Radio is a part of the family of the Horse Radio Network, and today we get to hear the full story of the July 2nd, 2017 experience that Monty Roberts had going into the famed Spanish Riding School. This is Debbie Lauks, and you're listening to the Horsemanship Radio. Thanks for joining us. Horsemanship Radio airs on the 1st and the 15th of the month, and I have, of course, my producer, Coach Jen, with us today. Jen, hi. Greetings. This is so exciting. This is this is a really good one. This is a fulcrum for not only us. I think this is awesome. This is episode 95. We're almost at 100. But to be able to share this story is just a fulcrum moment in Monty Roberts' career, too. So I hope people get excited about what we've got coming up. I, I just, I can't believe I'm still pinching, pinching ourselves that this actually happened because it's a crazy story, crazy story how it all happened. And I'm not going to spoil it, but, but it shouldn't have happened. <laughs> it shouldn't have happened because it, 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 it was born out of a festival going bankrupt. I mean, how bizarre is that? Well, you know, life works in weird ways. Now, now for the uh, the 10 people who are listening to the show who are not familiar with what the Spanish Riding School is, why don't we give them a quick uh, a Reader's Digest version? Yeah, Spanish Riding School, 465 years old. It is the it's the real epicenter or the grandfather of dressage in that 465 years ago, it wasn't that there was a lot of dressage competitions going on. It was war. They, these horses were trained to fight battles. And so dressage, of course, has that its roots. The, the moves have their roots in dressage moves. So they, of course, uh, in, uh, you know, you could, you could look back on the history of it, but it's called Spanish riding school because that's the derivative, but this is actually in Vienna, Austria. Long story short, it ends up being there for 300 and I think it's a little more than 350 years. So the school is 465 years old. That's the oldest tradition in I think horse schools, you know, any kind of Pr- discipline. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty yeah. much. That's even older than George Morris, yeah. <laughs> Mostly, yeah. Yeah, he'd love to hear that, I'm sure. But, <laughs> but the uh, the school, uh, as it is in Vienna right now, is so steeped in tradition that it, it's just unquestioned. Unquestioned as the the epicenter of dressage and, and discipline in horsemanship, period. Uh, so... What does it do there? What they do is they have over all these centuries honed a breed called Lipizzaners. And Lipizzaners, actually, if you look at the oil paintings that are ancient on the walls, they've had uh, Palominos and and looking like paint horses and appies. They, they've I didn't had know all they came colors. in colors at one point. They came in colors. I along. didn't know. But they kept they kept reducing that DNA down to a beautiful white stallion breed they the the stallions are the ones that are most coveted but they they're born black and even occasionally one of the black babies stays black and that's like a really cool oh my gosh good luck thing but for the most part 99% point something or other they are white when they mature and they mature a little later too they're one of the breeds that comes comes into their own a little bit later they are the most compliant and wonderful stallions you can have. We've got stories. We've got stories. I don't even want to ruin the stories, but they are wonderful, wonderful because there'll be follow-up stories on this too, because uh, up in Peeber is where they have the breeding. And uh, so that. So suffice it to say, I, I, as a complete outsider and non-dressage competitor will say it. It's the birthplace of competitive dressage from my point of view. Perfect. That's what exactly. I think. And I, but that it, only came about, that only came about really in, you know, the last hundred or yeah, so the 20th years. 20th century, very much so. So yeah. if you disagree, send your disagreement and your complaint to Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. Okay. And all I right, will good. make sure it gets forwarded to all the right people. So <laughs> it's steeped in history. Mm-hmm. Um, horsemanship techniques and skills that were developed beginning 400 and some odd years ago and progressing. And they kind of had a light bulb moment thanks to Monty's visit. 
mm-hmm. and we're not going to give you any more information than that. That's mm-hmm. that's as far as that- we're going to go. It's a fascinating right. conversation because I think everybody who has ever heard of the Spanish Riding School wants to go and visit it. And I'm Absolutely. telling you now that after you hear the conversation with Monty, you're going to want to even more. <laughs> Go to Travelocity.com and book your ticket book your to ticket Vienna. Today. It's beautiful anyway. Yeah. And I want to introduce him first. Um, I'll do a little background for those people who don't know who Monty Roberts is or the Spanish Writing School. <laughs> so now you'll get the full history there lesson here. Tell, tell everybody who's listening, because I'm sure there are going to be hundreds, if not thousands of new folks listening as soon as they go and yeah. Google Spanish writing cool school and find this episode. So tell everybody who Monty is. Right. So just named as horse and hounds magazine, top 50 all time greatest horsemen. Monty Roberts is the creator of the world renowned revolutionary equine training technique called join up. Monty travels the world demonstrating that nonviolent gentle training creates, re- creates breakthrough performance as you partner with your horse Monty grew up on a working horse farm as a firsthand witness to traditional, often violent methods of horse training and breaking the spirit with an abusive hand. Rejecting that, he went on to win nine world championships in the show ring. And today, Monty's goal is to share the message that violence is never the answer. Monty's credited with launching the first of its kind, the Equus Online University. It's an interactive online lesson site that it's the definitive guide and learning tool to violence-free training. But before we jump into his story, I'm going to tease you one more time. Let's first hear this from our title sponsor, Omega Fields. Your horse is your partner in sport, in leisure, and just in life. To keep him at his peak performance and optimal health, a solid nutritional foundation is key. Ideally, horses are able to graze fresh, growing grasses, which most closely mimic their natural diet. But that may not always be possible, and we may need to supply some of those missing ingredients in today's diets and provide more functional foods. One component of a horse's diet that is often underfed are omega-3 fatty acids. While more prevalent in fresh forages, harvested forages are lower in omega-3 fatty acids due to their more advanced maturity. Obviously, grasses and legumes have to grow to a sufficient height in order to be harvested, while foraging patterns of horses show great preference for shorter, less mature plants. That's why modern horsemen and horsewomen trust Omega Horse Shine to provide a powerful, bountiful source of omega-3 fatty acids for their equine partners. Look for Omega Horse Shine from Omega Fields at your local tack and feed supplier, or you can find them online at omegafields.com. So, we've got a Gentling Your Wild Horse course going on right now. And um, we have a student from Norway and and um, New Mexico is in there and a couple from California, actually three from California, et cetera, et cetera. And we've got um, five uh, Mustangs here. And we had a nice filly. She's come along and everything is okay. Today is the fourth day that we've you know, haltered her. We could lead her around a little bit. She wrinkles her nose when you scratch her withers. She's lovely, Philly. So today I said, I'm going to take you through the process in the round pen of accepting the first saddle, bridle, and rider. 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 No. Uh, Anyway, she accepted uh, the join up pretty darn well, and everything was going okay. And, um, and she accepted the roller or the surcingle and the long lines pretty well. And she was long lining nicely. And then the saddle, that was okay. And then I said, we're going to put the Ardell on before we put the live rider on. I actually almost put the live rider on without the Ardell, but I put the Ardell on. That's a mannequin rider and without any legs on yet, the mannequin rider has legs that come on later. She made about two steps, and then she did a 9.9 bucking exhibition that the uh, Cow Palace would have loved. Uh, Cheyenne Frontier Days would have marked it anything. It was unbelievable. And then the Ardell, she bucked so long and so hard, 
that the Ardell was turning down on her side. So then she decided, I better kick this thing out of here. And so she kicked at it a few times, and uh, she couldn't reach it. It was 90 degrees from her body, right out hanging as, you know, any lower, and then it would have been closer to the ground, and any higher, and it would have been further from the ground. It was right there at 90 degrees on her side, and she decided to attack it with her mouth. And, yeah, she went after it like a lion, and you could hear her all over the farm squalling and saying that this thing is killing me. And um, I had uh, all these students up there with their eyes like saucers, and I kept telling them, listen to my voice, because I just kept talking to her about all these terrible things. And I gave them a demonstration of how I could keep my uh, heart rate down. And she let me ultimately get in there, and she thanked me profusely for it and unbuckled the thing and get it off. And uh, then she was sweaty, of course. I mean, she had done an unbelievable job of Bucky. And then I uh, said, come on in, girls, my two team there, and we're going to put it back on her. And everybody went, what? <laughs> yep, going back on her and we put it back on her. And she said, oh, well, if you're going to be this way, I just will be the best Mustang you've ever trained. And she just um, went beautifully doing turns and doing figure of eights in the, uh, in, the, in the round pen on the long lines with the legs on now on the Ardell. And uh, she kicked at the legs a few times just to make sure they were all right. And then she said, fine. But she took, uh, I was in there for about an hour and a half, and I decided not to put a live rider on. <laughs> Maybe that tomorrow, I'm not sure. But um, anyway, it was a real experience, and we have five more to do this afternoon, or four more to do this afternoon now, and uh, I won't be doing any hour and a half stuff. And I'll try to get my students a lot more involved, but I had to keep the students pretty well out of the round pen because some some of them have an age on them, you know, and many of them are simply novices in the horse world and they decide they want to come and gentle these wild horses. So we have a wild horse course, but oftentimes they're not ready for it, you know, but they love watching it. And it is a magnificent tool to train equus the behavior the mind of Equus, how do they think? These minds are unaffected by uh, the human being. So they're unadulterated by our own uh, beliefs and they haven't seen a whip and they haven't seen chains over their gums or things like that. So they just do what horses do. And it's a, such a beautiful study of equine behavior. And I, I love every minute of it. They get me involved and then I can't stop. You know, I just love every minute of it. Um, mm. But I, I mean, the story of the century is uh, this last trip across the Atlantic. So you tell me when we stop this story and put on <laughs> the next story. I, I have one quick question about um, what, what, what is this Mustang's name that, that put on the lovely Bucking ex Exhibition? They're calling her. <laughs> In other words, I don't know. If you don't know, we'll just they, make I, one up. Um, <laughs> we're, we're, uh, we're just going to call her Bucker. But okay, about what percentage of horses that you start, um, domesticated or wild, have that type of reaction? In that the reaction is extreme when they first are introduced to a rider, whether the rider is a real live one or a mannequin. 1.2%. 1.25. So it's very, so it's very small in other words. Very small. And my, other, I, 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 it's not even that it's not even that it's about literally it's about um, three tenths of 1% because I would have to do, I'm going to say I would have to do a thousand before I saw anything like mm -hmm. what I saw. There. So when this does happen, um, if I'm getting the takeaway message here, it is crucial that the human being in this situation 
is able to keep their wits about them and give the horse the signals he needs to know that you, as the human, are not contributing to what they are perceiving as a dangerous situation. That is so perceptive. You know, it's it's not that that's the only critical thing. There are several critical things. One is the equipment has to be right not to cause pain, and this this didn't. Um, the whole mannequin rider is of rubber cover and, and sponge inside, um, and the, the equipment has to be right. The, the fences have to be right. The footing has to be right. Uh, it ought to be the right temperature. I mean, everything is critical when you get to this point. But, um, y- y- you know, there was a time in our history, not now, fortunately, there was a time in our history when um, 99.9% of the horses that did that would be whipped half to death. And then they associate pain from the human body, and they are never ever the same horse again you can you they're broken eventually and they will do what you tell them to do but they'll lay in waiting and they will get you and that's why the 14 year old will buck you off at lunchtime in northern nevada in the days when uh traditional horsemanship was the order of the day Mm -hmm. producing pain from the human body poisons the water for the balance of the life of the horse in terms of getting along with and doing anything because they want to. They will do it because they're broken and they're afraid not to, but um, you won't get breakthrough performances when you do it that way. There we go. Fascinating stuff. I wish I could have been there to see it. Someday we're going to be able to sign up, just like you sign up to watch uh, a boxing match on HBO. We're going to be able to sign up to watch the Gentling Wild Horses course on HBO someday. That's my dream. <laughs> okay. That's my dream. So yeah, um, enough questions. And like you said, the story of the day is off to Vienna. So please um, yeah. recount the trip this- and don't spare any details. This is really exciting. Stop right there. We've got to do a break for Cavallo Horse and Rider. We want to hear from our sponsors, but we'll be right back to hear more from the Spanish Riding School story. Hi, Carol Herter here, president of Cavallo, home of the world's most trusted and popular hoof boots. You know, one of the most interesting parts of what I do is the many horsey stories I get to hear. Most of them are really uplifting. Some are stories of challenges, and a few are downright sad. Recently, a wonderful woman took the time to approach us at a show to share a story about her horse who went down in quicksand. It started out as a really scary story. We were holding our breaths, waiting for the outcome, and it turned out wonderful. They winched the horse out relatively unscathed, albeit, you know, a little traumatized, and everyone standing around were super amazed that he still had his cavallo hoof boots on. Scary story with a good ending. Another testament to cavallo. If you don't have a pair for your horse, it's time. Cavallos are easy to put on, easy to take off when you want to take them off, and they stay on. They stay on in all terrain. Cavallo, the world's most trusted hoof boots. Well, the story of the trip, I'll try to just go through it as smoothly as I can, because um, you know that I have saw in 1949 a movie of how the Lipizzaner Stallions were trained. Uh, General Patton had the government of the United States put it out, and it was a, um, a quite an extensive document that I saw in 49 at the high school in Salinas, California, Salinas Union High School. And um, I was an open critic, lifelong critic of the Spanish riding school from that point forward, because the Training of the Lipizzaner Stallions, while they were so beautiful and they jumped so high in the air and they kicked out and their mane was flying and so forth, the training was diabolical. It was really, really bad. And um, I went through my life uh, feeling that way. and, And yet the Spanish Riding School is the oldest horsemanship organization on the face of the earth at 465 years. And they have done things exactly the same way for the full 465. 
So there I was. And um, we got a call through that when you when you go to England for this thing with the uh, military people, and I'm working with post-traumatic stress, uh, you get trust back. When you go to England, there's been a call come through that a company wants to do a film festival in in Vienna in Austria uh right at the end of it and we could we could book you onward to go to that thing and I said Vienna Austria what what is well yeah they've they've made arrangements with the Spanish writing school to use their facilities uh, to have this uh, movie festival film festival and they want to feature the documentary done on Lomitas a horse that I saved the life of in 1991 that went on to be horse of the year in Germany, and uh, his son is now the leading sire in South Africa, and a mare that I bought to breed to the, the first horse that I dealt with for the Jacobs family, Lomitas. Uh, the mare is called Spirit of Eagles, and when bred to Lomitas, produced Silvano, who is the leading sire in South Africa now, and just won four classics with his offspring. It was amazing, and they want to feature it. So I said, well, we can go. Uh, but uh, you know, the Spanish writing school, that's not something I want to get involved with. Well, no, 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 it's another company, and they, they have the place rented. Yeah, okay. But it bothered me a little because I'm an open advocate against the Spanish writing school, and I thought they might be waiting around the corner for me somewhere. But anyway, we went off over there. Uh, but before leaving, we got word, oh, that company that was going to do the film festival, they went broke. And there won't be any film festival. It's it's off. Okay, so we don't go to Vienna. So I go over to do my uh, post-traumatic stress stuff. Just before, I mean, like, I think it was the day before leaving, we get a call. And they said, the Spanish writing school was so excited about having you over that when this other thing was canceled, they want to do a full demonstration with you, moving it from 45 minutes to an hour and a half. What? the Spanish writing school itself. Yes, there's a lady called Andrea something or other that's not easy to say. Kirsten uh, the Brock. last name? Kirsten Brock. Okay, Debbie knows her name. Uh, Hasselbrock? Kirsten um, Brock. Kirsten Brock. Um, Andrea Kirsten Brock is the uh, c- communications director for the Spanish writing school. And she is a private horse owner as well and loves her horses and she wants you to come there so she's working with the spanish riding school to bring you there Ooh, i don't know so i called the queen and i said what do you think uh the queen has always advised me for 28 years and she has given me the best advice i've ever had without any question and it so happens that the week before i go um the Spanish Riding School is going to give an award to Princess Anne, one to Camilla, and one to Charlotte Dujardin, um, ha- not having a thing to do with me, but they're going to give them awards on their accomplishments in the horse industry. So I'm thinking, mm, maybe the Spanish Riding School is reaching out to try to become a little more user-friendly uh, toward the world. Um, isn't that interesting? Yes. And they want you to come. The queen said, go for it, go on over there and do the best demonstration you can. And we'll see what happens. So I go very nervously, but this, this is amazing. This is the most famous horse group in the world. And they're asking me to come there knowing that I'm an outright advocate against the way they train horses. Well, when I get there, I am invited in like a long lost son. And we had my demonstration. It went beautifully. It just couldn't have gone better, really. And um, the director was very friendly. Uh, Andrea, the director of communications, who was, I guess, partially responsible for me going was very friendly and the director of the training and breeding operation called Peber, that's another part of the Spanish riding school, uh, 
I have been there before without them knowing it to see training done um, without them knowing I was there. The guy that's in charge of that place is called Max, and then his name is totally impossible. Um, <laughs> I won't and, even and, I won't even make you try. It's Dobretsberger. No, no. Dobretsberger. Dobretsberger. Yeah. Very good. He, there you go. What a nice man, a veterinarian, yeah. and his wife's a veterinarian. And they just they just took me in, and he said, "I want you to train one of my horses in this demonstration." Well. Then they brought me two three-year-olds that were untrained. One was very spooky, and one took four hours to load. And uh, Andrea herself had an Austrian warm blood that had never had a saddle on, never had a rider on. She put him forward for a, a starting demonstration. And uh, Max put his horse forward just to do, show a join-up with a Lipizzaner stallion. And they just went like... Widgets. I mean, it was unbelievable how good they did. And the audience, Full House, was really appreciative. Debbie was there. She can tell you, um, I think the horse walking over the plastic, Debbie, the spooky horse, mm. uh, probably got the, the strongest uh, ovation. Probably, yeah. It was it, pretty fractious. Yeah, pretty fractious. Yeah. There was a horse so spooky, three-year-old stallion, warm um, um center, that if you shook some plastic bags at him on a stick he would just jump and kick at him and blow through his nose and everybody in the building could hear him just mm. uh, snorting and and really going crazy and 25 minutes later i had a large tarpaulin down in the pen and i could pass the plastic bags all over his body and he would walk across the plastic tarpaulin with no lead on following me completely quiet, stop in the middle, let me scratch his wither and, and stand there. The people loved it. Mm -hmm. And um, then the next thing on my list was a press conference the following morning. 11 o'clock, they'll pick you up at the hotel and you have a press conference. Well, I think I'm going to some smelly room somewhere where people are sitting around with clipboards and a few are crawling on the floor snapping pictures and it's a press conference. Not at all. It was a table set for 44 people. It was China and Crystal all the way. And I was the guest of honor. The whole board was there of the Spanish Riding School. And the director of the Spanish Riding School, uh, Mrs. Gertlin, Gertler. Gertler. Mm -hmm. uh, Mrs. Gertler. Uh, took me in like a, her own brother and introduced me as the guest of honor there and told them what a wonderful demonstration I had done the night before. And Max was there and he said, tomorrow you're going out to Peber to see that operation and we want you back here. And all three of these people, Andrea, Mrs. Gertler and Max said, we want you to be a partner for change in the Spanish writing school. Now you tell me if that isn't the apex of a career where my life's goal is to leave the world a better place than I found it for horses and for people too. Pretty much the, the turning point in the history of horses. It is. Mm -hmm. I think so. I, I mean, it's 465 years continuous school. I don't think there's anything in the equestrian industry that's gone on for 465 yeah. years. So this begs the question, maybe I'm being obtuse. I'm being obtuse this week. I was asking obtuse questions at Work. the uh, Florida Horse Park the other night too. What do you think the catalyst was, or was it more of a a slow boil that finally went over the pot? Was there a catalyst? Is Can you point to something or some time that I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not sure I have all the evidence I need as to what promulgated this decision. But I have a feeling that the ticket sales have gone off some. I have a feeling. I have a feeling that too many knowledgeable horsemen have seen too many videos now and been a, a privileged to go on social media and become aware of the fact that uh, the beautiful white stallions of the 
Spanish Riding School are doing maneuvers that can only be trained with uh, extreme violence. And um, I think they're hearing that more and more. I spoke with Angela, Lady Angela Oswald last evening by telephone. She's a lady-in-waiting to the Queen. And she said that she was in Vienna with her husband, and they, they saw it, and she said, oh, I thought it was awful. Those horses are asked to do things. And she's, she's a relative novice in the, the hands-on world of horses. But she thought that the horses looked uh, very stressed. She thought they were angry. Their ears were back. Their mouths were open. They were doing things that she believed could only be taught and that's a novice person, not not one that trains horses. So I think also that the older people in the training operation have started to say to the youngsters, just go ahead and hit him, you know, hit him again, hit him again. You're not hitting him hard enough here. I'll show you. And I think those youngsters are saying, hey, wait a minute. You know, what right do we have to just punish these horses with horrible pain for two years before we put them in that hall and show them to people and uh, cause those people to want to think that it's beautiful and wonderful. And I think the next generation has read my books, I like to think, and um, said, hang on a minute, you don't have to have violence. Violence is never the answer. Violence is always for the violator and never for the victim. No one of us has the right to say you must or I'll hurt you to any other creature animal or human. So can it be made beautiful without violence? Can what be made beautiful without violence? The demonstration of the white stallion liposoners in the Winterschule at the Spanish Riding School. Of course they can be, but they cannot do um, the airs above the ground. The capriole cannot be done without violence. Cannot be. The horses have to jump off the ground with all four feet and then kick out behind them with their tail flying in the air. That is their signature movement, the capriole. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to whip horses half to death before they will eventually, and only about five out of a hundred will even do it then. But about and, five out mm-hmm. of a hundred will do it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or, or that's what I'm told. You know, I don't, yeah, enough. you wouldn't know, would you? Yeah, yeah, of course not. I don't have enough. They don't allow you to see the training, but they're asking me back in now, and I, I don't want to be critical of them now. They're doing, I think they're moving in the right direction. Right. And any, we want to rub their heads with any improvement that they make. Yeah, I, I think it's only fair, though, to say how it might happen. I mean, they might not listen, and it, it's an opinion, but... You know, I, I always cringe when somebody says, don't throw it out. You know, uh, there's nothing to be saved. Get rid of the Tennessee walking horses. Get rid of the carriage horses. In yeah, New York. I don't yeah. want to ban, I don't yeah, ban exactly. the, 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 the lipids on our white stallions. That's, that's not me at all. I want to make things better. I don't want to ban things. Right. And um, the one thing I did notice in Vienna that I think is quite telling was that about 85 to 90 percent of the audience at the Spanish Riding School was Asian. Hmm. And I just don't think that those people realize what's going on. They the come training. from mm-hmm. countries that are just beginning to train horses and, exactly. and have things. China's one of the verging markets in, in the horse industry. And uh, I think that the tickets are being purchased by those people that are just not sophisticated enough in the world of horsemanship to know what's going on. And uh, the Caucasian people that we see there from Germany, from Italy, from America and England and and Scandinavia, I think those people can see, ooh, that you could only do that by whipping them, you know? Yeah. But I, I, I do not want to take bits and pieces of evidence and sound like an expert with this they are asking me to come in and see the training now and i want to see it i i want to you know i've seen it before and i and i think i know what i'm talking about but i want it um clear absolutely certain 
before I make accusations. Mm-hmm. So if they asked you in, this is totally a um, conjecture. If they asked you in and said, Monty, what would you have us do with this industry we have? I mean, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but I imagine it's a good part of the Austrian tourism. Uh, Vienna is all about tourism. There isn't much industry there that, that I could see. Um, museums, coffee, Sasha Tort <laughs> and and tourism, beautiful and architecture, plenty of that. Beautiful, yes, but that that, that they can't get, give that away or do anything with it. So the it, the the question is, if they invited you in and said, could you come up with a capriole without uh, pain? No, what no, would no, you no, say no. to Wait them? Wait a minute, no. Wait a minute, no. <laughs> That's my line you're reading. <laughs> my yeah. my first yeah. line. My first line would be. I'm going to lean on this wall over here and you show me how to train the Caprio without extreme violence. Mm. It's up to them. They okay. have to show me that they can train. You remember the guy called, um, Ooh, Florian Oberpreiter. It's Florian Oberpreiter. I certainly do. Liberty training. He's wonderful. Oberpreiter. Florian Oberpreiter. That's he's it. from uh, he's from Austria, in yes, fact. Yes, he is. And I didn't see him on that trip, but um, he came to me. He he trains Liberty horses, like in the movies and and circuses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, "What would I have to do for you to endorse me as a trainer of Liberty horses? What would I have to do for you to get that endorsement?" And I said, "You'd have to show me how you can train them without." pain without whipping and cutting and uh, all of the things that go on mm-hmm. and he's done it he has done it sure he had to throw out some moves mm-hmm. which i i think the the capriole has to go out it's the i know it's their signature event but it has to go out for before i can back it up Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of other ones. That one where they, I forget the name of it, but they stand on their hind legs and then yeah. hop like a rabbit. Yeah, most often you, you know. see it airs above the ground. I think you mentioned that before um, when we were over there. Yeah. Uh, but there's the lavage, which goes backwards. Uh, there's that's, some things. That's that, the one. Yeah, mm-hmm. the lavage. Um, they have to show me that they can train that without severe pain. And if they do, I'll support them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, can and I support pe- anybody? that requires extreme pain to train the horse to do the maneuver. No. No, of course. Yeah. Uh, But you've also done some amazing things with horses yourself that people probably find unbelievable. Yes. And I'll show them how I've trained that. You know, I've I've never struck chrome without saying that uh, it's uh, the giddy-up rope or something, uh, Mm -hmm. which is painless. But you don't have to strike him to make these incredible moves that he makes. Mm-hmm. Um, he does it because he loves it. What do you say to the traditionalist who says, you know, um, my my daddy, my granddaddy, we've watched the same thing here in this school. You're destroying tradition. I'm not destroying tradition. I'm putting it in the museums and I'm saying, let's let's remember tradition the way it was. Beating your wife was okay at times, and beating your children was okay. My father, uh, whenever whenever the subject came up, uh, the doctors I spoke with when I was being nursed back to health would say, it's his kid, he can do what he wants with him. Mm. Uh, that day is gone. It's against the law to beat your kid up and break his bones. And um, we we are civilized now, and we cannot support anything which uh, includes extreme violence. I mean, wars do, but defending yourself is one thing, and it should be it should be clearly explainable that you are defending yourself even in war. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you could never make a case for beating up a defenseless animal yeah. Uh, that never did anything wrong to you. How yeah. could you ever justify that? Yeah. And so and they put it. Be, uh, the, the, so those people that that advocate behind closed doors and they don't show it until 
they get the thing they want and then they say it's beautiful. Yeah. And most people never see, I mean, we, we brought this up before. Most people never even see how their own horses are started because that's often done at a training facility. And, and that's great. Go check yeah, it out. Debbie, I, it's get, it's yeah. getting better since my first book. Yes. I people totally agree. are saying, let me come and watch you start my horse now. Mm-hmm. Oh no, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> people are, are requesting that now because I have now done over 11,000 horses in front of public audiences in the starting process. First saddle and first rider. Mm-hmm. And so I, they don't see me strike a horse. And so they now know it can be done. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. And it's believable because it's happening in front of you and horses can't lie and they're mute. So that people yeah. have to understand that if just because they don't hear a horse in pain doesn't mean he isn't. So I love that. So tell us, let's finish on a, a, a bit of a wonderment about the breed of the Lipisoner. What did you, what was your impression of all those mares up there and the stallions in there? Yeah, well, it their, was gorgeous. It was really gorgeous. And uh, the vast open grasslands that they provide for them are just fantastic. There's so many things to congratulate them for. The horses themselves are of the Spanish uh, bloodlines that made up, you know, the early Spanish horses and the Portuguese horses. Um, But then they bred more closely to the ones that were all white, that were gray. You know, you you saw paintings there of of paint horses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, part of the Spanish riding school in the early days and, um, and black horses and so forth and so on. And they settled mm-hmm. on the horses that started out black in life and then became white, absolutely white. And so they're famous for that. They still have some black throwbacks that, that, but, um, they really don't know when it started. Uh, a lot of books say 465 years. Some say 452 years. Okay. Um, doesn't doesn't matter. It's uh, old. It, yeah. It, yeah. It's really old. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, there's so many things to love about the people involved, and there's so many things to love about the horses involved. More about the horses, I think. But mm-hmm. but the people were wonderful, Debbie, to me. Mm-hmm. And I think they want to be civilized. I think they want to be good. I don't think they want to continue this. I think that the ticket sales have demanded that they keep being fantastic and and outrageous, you know. So mm-hmm. so they've kept it up. And some of the old timers want to keep it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, and remember that I had an uncle that said, sure, his father beat him, but he didn't beat him enough to keep his damn mouth, mouth shut. shut. <laughs> Sorry. And, um, yeah, there's so, an ignorant so, view. So there are those people still around, but they're ancient now. They 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 just don't exist in the real civilized world. Yeah, and the reality and, uh, uh, the reality of keeping horses in our lives. And and when we were on that tour of the of the stables there and and the backstage part of this, it was so interesting that um, the horses are owned by the government, the Austrian government there, but they're um, required to support themselves. So I hope that people will continue to support them, but with the caveat that they also give their feedback that they want to see happy horses yeah. that they you know well, and I, be more verbal gone, about it yeah i have gone all the way from you know wanting to cause them trouble to wanting to love them yeah. uh, That's and nice. i think i think it's more effective to love them into an acceptable way of life uh, than it is to them and uh, this business of banning you know, the carriage horses of New York, for instance. There's kids in New York that will only see and touch a horse because of those carriage horses. And there's a a way to do it better, yes, but don't ban them. Don't ban two-year-old racing. Just scan their knees, and when they're, when they're mature, they can race. Mm-hmm. It'll ban itself if they don't mature by the time they're two and a half. But, well said. Um, That's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I better yeah. go back and teach now. Yeah, you've got some wild horses to get after. So, um, yeah, be careful. 
out there at the Gently Wild Horses course, but probably I should be saying, keep our students safe. <laughs> You'll <Yeah>. be fine. Okay. <laughs> Enjoy okay, that. Thank you for putting yeah. up with me. Thank you for downloading us on the story. It's awesome to have in one place. Thanks, Dad. Okay. Bye-bye. Whisper the language of the herd. Listen, you don't have to say a word. It's time for Jamie Jennings to fetch an email from Monty Roberts' inbox and share a morsel of Monty's wisdom in a little segment we like to call Ask Monty. Leave this world a better place than Magic in the language of the Dear Monty, I really want to become a horse whisperer. I love horses and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I am 12 years old, but I know what my life's goal is. How am I going to get the information that I need to meet my goal? Monty's answer. I wish that there was some way in words that I could explain to you how wonderful it is to receive this question. Questions similar to this come to me regularly, and it's so gratifying to know that the world is changing and that young people want to become better educated in areas which allow them to work with their horses in the absence of violence. You and others in your age group are the most important people in the world to me. You represent the future of the horse industry and you give horse people a chance to apologize to the millions of horses that have been treated harshly over the centuries. Your question makes my life and all of my work worthwhile. It gives me great pleasure to be able to tell you that there are more educational opportunities for you today than there ever have been. I recommend that you read every question and every answer in this book, and there are 170 of the most common horse problems solved. When you have finished, and if you want to be a violence-free trainer of horses, it is critical that the first thing you do is learn their language. Take a look at my Equus Online University at MontyRobertsUniversity.com. Once one has mastered the language of Equus, then everything else becomes easier and more fun. If you are dedicated to your goal, you will become familiar with all the videos, notes, challenge questions, and the library of Q&As and meet other students on the forum. Having accomplished this, then you could look into the areas of formal education available to you at our school, the Monty Roberts International Learning Center. Learning the intricacies will take far longer. It is a lifelong journey to be the best you can, but certainly anyone, including you, can become a horse whisperer. Your stated goal makes you very important to me as I have dedicated my life to educating others in my concept. For more of these insights into good horsemanship, go to www.montyroberts.com and click on the orange banner that says, Get Free Horse Tips. Hi, I'm Monty Roberts. And I'm dedicated to training horses without pain. You can learn to do it too on my Equus Online University. Western, English, the beginner or the advanced rider. It doesn't matter. You can connect with other students online too on our forum. And there's a new lesson every week. It's a lifetime of learning for you on my Equus Online University at MontyRoberts.com. In the wide, wide world of sports, is it going on here? Where in the world is Monty Roberts? Monty is looking forward to meeting some new friends, two-legged and four-legged, in October. He's going to be in the UK. That'll be at Easton and Ockley College on October 14. Then October 20, he'll be at Hartbury. October 25, Marist Wood. October 28, it'll be Lewis Equine Center. November 2nd, he'll be at the Richmond Equestrian Center. November 4th, the Alnick Ford Equestrian. And then November 9th, he'll be in Germany. He'll jump over the pond to Germany on November 9th and 11th in Ansbach and then Nubalak. And then November 12th, he'll be in Nubalak again. That's an overflow. November 18th, he'll be in Berlin and an overflow to Berlin on November 19th. Now, long-term thinkers, pull out your calendars. 2018 dates, July 23 through August 3rd is the Gentling Wild Horse Course. Dun, 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 dun. That's a fun one. And then August 6th through 10, that'll be 2018. The Monty Special Training at Flag is Up Farms. And we have some special things coming up up on that one too we'll be letting you know Ooh, in the month yes very exciting <laughs> stuff too we always do a little variation on it so great. 
I'm so How excited about hearing this? about uh, who joins who joins the Gentling Wild Horses course each year because yes. it's such a fascinating process and it's so unique to be able it to is. do that. That's just a really unique experience for people. So I'm so excited. And if you didn't get that all into your memory banks, you can find it on the website, which is montyroberts.com, or mm-hmm. you can give the good folks at Flag Is Up Farms a call. And their phone number is 805-688-6288. And for details about today's show, go to horsemanshipradio.com where you'll find links, photos, and more information about what we talked about today. And as always, we love your feedback. And a great place to give us feedback is on Monty Roberts' Facebook page. And that, you'll never guess what Monty, Monty Roberts' Facebook page is called. Mm, my Roberts? You are right. That's- Yay. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Give that girl a treat. <laughs> in the Logical. bucket but not out of your hand that's right <laughs> see i knew what you were gonna say i was ready for i was getting a tip in there yeah, I was <laughs> you can also follow monty on twitter his handle on twitter is monty underscore roberts and get the app so that you don't miss any episodes of any of the shows you can get the app on your iphone or your android just go to your app store and search horse radio network that's right. And many thanks to our sponsors who make this all possible. Omega Yay! Fields. I love those people over at Omega Fields. They help us. Uh, they get a lot of our guests, too. They've been wonderful. Cavallo, horse and rider. Uh, we've got some stuff going. They've got a new gal named Jenny who's going to be pumping out a lot of blogs and tips and things. So that's Yay! fun. And then Monty's Equus Online University. That is so much fun. We've got a series going up there right now on horseback archery. So much fun. It's really fun. And be sure to visit all the other great shows, too, at the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Until next time, have many happy horse hours.